glory. Glory be to God. Worthy is your name, Jesus. Worthy is your name. Man, with him, with God, all things are possible because there's victory that belongs to Jesus. And because you're in Jesus, victory belongs to you as well. And because of that, he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy of all of our praise. Glory be to God. Well, good morning. Good, fabulous Sunday morning to you. Glory to God. The first Sunday morning in the in the month of October. Uh, I want to welcome you to Faithful Life Center. My name is Pastor Milton Jones along with Sister Joanne Jones. We want to welcome you to the program. Welcome you to the service center. Welcome you to a kingdom encounter today with Almighty God in the name of Jesus. I pray and I, I've already been praying this week. I've been praying this morning, believing that you're going to hear a rhema word, a right now word that will ultimately change your lives forever. If this is your very first time joining us, we want to say welcome. So glad to have you and hope you stay tuned. I guarantee you, if you hear and catch a hold of what the word of God is saying today, your life will forever be changed in the name of Jesus. Now, this morning, God gave me a word. He gave, he says, this is the word of the Lord to someone asked God, I said, God, I need a word. I need a word from you today concerning your family members, concerning your loved ones, concerning your community, concerning your province, your city, and your nation. And this is the word of the Lord for you today. Are you ready? He says this, he says, then according to Zechariah chapter four and verse six, he says, this is the word of the Lord to you. He says, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my Holy Spirit. He's saying it's not in your abilities and your force and all the things that you can conjure up. He said, but it's by my Holy Spirit. He says this, he says, you're trying to do through prayer what only my word can do he says yes prayer is important he said but it doesn't stop there he says it's only the starting point he asked what does my word say jesus said this in john chapter 8 verse 31 through 32 he says so jesus was saying to those who had believed him he says if you continue in my word then are you truly my disciples, disciples of mine, and you will know the truth and what? The truth will make you free. He says it's the truth that makes you free. And according to John 17, 17, he says, sanctify or set them apart by thy truth. Your word is truth. You pray, you get a word from the Lord. That's what you're standing on. You most well, he, yes, sir. He says He says what happens is most people just go and just start picking, picking, picking stuff that they believe fits their situation and circumstance. He says, but let Jesus be your model. Jesus came to prayer, found out what God said to say or to do about that situation, and then he only said what the Father told him to say. He only did what the Father told him to do. He didn't come up with his own roadmap. He didn't follow this and follow that. He says he came straight 
to the source. Anything and everything else is a resource. Come straight to the source to receive the word of the Lord concerning your situation for that particular situation. Because if you go back and look at how Jesus did ministry, he says, he says, Jesus sometimes laid hands on people. Sometimes he spoke a word. Of them. Sometimes he did all different things. Sometimes he told the people to go do something. And he says, when, but everything started and ended with the word. Everything started and ended with the word, but it's not just any word. He says, you might have the right key, but you're putting it in the wrong door. He says, when you come to me and you humble yourselves before me and you get before me and you get my word out, he says, because my word is me talking and expressing myself to you and giving you direction because the Holy Spirit is only going to lead and guide you according to the word. He also told me to share this. Once you realize that you, the word of God is truth and it is the word that makes you free. When you come to prayer and you have gotten the word of the Lord for that situation, because just because you got a word for the situation for that particular one does not mean that's the same word for every situation. Again, Jesus is your example. Go back and look. He never used to use the same word all the time. He used the same principle, but it was not always the same word. And sometimes what happened is we might get victory in one area uh, for one situation, and then we try to use that same word in every situation, and it doesn't work the same. He says, you got to come back to me and follow. He says, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is where you live. Trusting in the Lord with all your heart. Leaning not to your own understanding in all of your ways. Acknowledge him. In other words, invite him into the situation. And he says, and then he will direct your path. He's told me to give you this. He says, in the quote is Isaiah 55 and 8, he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. He says, for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me. It won't return unto me, boy, but it, it shall accomplish that which I please and prosper in the things whereto he has sent it. What it is, is he telling you? When you come before him, you acknowledge him. You're asking, Father, what do I say concerning this situation? What should I do concerning this situation? And you stay there long enough to receive the word from the Lord for that particular situation, which means this is a daily thing. You can't, you know, one night stand, God, you got to spend time with him. That means you got to spend time with him every single day. He wants you to spend time with him. He wants you to fellowship with him. He wants you to commune with him. It means take him with you to work. Take him with you to the grocery store. Take him with man. I took God to, I take God to the grocery store all the time. Man, you talk about the favor of God. People will begin to do things with you and for you. Why? Because of the favor of God, because you're inviting him into every situation in your life. Do you do you hear that this morning? What is it? It's not by might, it's not by power. It's not by murmuring. It's not by complaining. It's not about getting upset, mad, cussing at the TV, throwing stuff at it. Yeah, I hate this. I don't like it. It's none of that. It's by Holy Spirit. 
Holy Spirit's going to show you when you acknowledge the Father and you get before him in prayer. What is the word concerning this situation? Which means you got to get in the word. He'll also tell you that that word is what makes a person free. So even after you hear the word from the Lord and you speak that word concerning that situation, what, is, what did Jesus have to do? Even though he had the word, he always had to show up first. He always showed up, spoke the word, psh, word then stuff happened. Or somebody had to hear the word in order to receive the word to be able to be made free. And then what happened? That word which went forth out of his mouth. It didn't return unto him void. How does the kingdom of God operate? You seek God. God tells you what to say about that situation. You say back to God what God has already said to you concerning that situation according to his word. Not according to prophet so-and-so, apostle so-and-so, evangelist so-and-so, pastor so-and-so. What does his word say about the situation? What God told you according to his written word. And then you put that in your mouth, let it med meditate it. Let it get in your heart and then you speak it back to God. God is obligated according to the Constitution, a.k.a. the Bible that you have with God as a citizen of the kingdom of God to carry out that which he has said. Are you listening to me? Is it is it helping anybody this morning? Is it shaking some of those some of those chains off? Because God never told you, called you to carry burdens. He never called you to carry weight. But he did tell you this. Trust in him with all of your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding, your own reasoning, what it is you figured it out. You don't put this piece together. You have created a Frankenstein doctrine. He says, trust my word. Trust me and trust my word only. Let God be true. Let every man be a liar. And let everything be established by two or more witnesses in the name of Jesus. I will challenge you this week. Go back and look at the ministry of Jesus. You will see Jesus always prayed first. Then, after he prayed and got before God, found out what God said to say, found out what God said to do, then he had to go out and do, he had to go and say exactly what it is the Father said. He couldn't just sit at home on his blessed assurance and say, okay, God, it, it, whoa, whoa, you already said it, okay, it's already done. He's always going to give you something that's a corresponding action to what it is you say you believe. Paul's. And think about that for a second. Glory to God. We've been going through here over the last few weeks. Um, <clears throat> we had Rosh Hashanah a couple weeks ago. We also had Yom Kippur last week where we had, it was a day of atonement. And we actually had a, a, a time of communion where we had communion. And we re repented for uh, walking away from our first love. Our leaving our first love. And man, Jesus is... Lord, he's not just your savior. If you go back and read Romans chapter 10, verse 9, he says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You know what that word Lord means? Supreme in authority, supreme in character, a.k.a. master. He has the final say. When Jesus is Lord over your life, he has the final say. You might have a great plan, but then you present it to Jesus. Jesus, what do you think about this? Father, what do you think about this? And if he says, I don't want you to do it that way, I want you to go this way, and you say, Psh, forget that, man, I, I think it's better to go this way, then he's not, he's not, you have not made him Lord. You have made him Savior. You accepted what he did for you on the cross, but you have not submitted your life and stepped off the throne of your life and get, let him sit on the throne of your life. Jesus is not just to be Savior. He 
is Lord. We give him first place. We give him first place in our lives. We give him first place in our day. We give him first place when we make decisions. We give him first place on whatever it is we want to do. Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. All right, now that I got your attention this morning, <laughs> now that we have your, your attention, are you ready for the word? Glory to God. That was the word of the Lord for someone because someone is frustrated in their prayer life and they're not seeing the results that they want to receive and they and they're not seeing things happen the way they think it should happen and everything but how many people know whenever you're having an issue with your prayer to God God is never your problem I said God is never your problem he's always your answer he's never your problem and what he's telling you this morning is get back to the Bible, get back to what my word is telling you. Don't, I mean, just, I'm a person, I love, I, I love to read, as you can see. I enjoy books. I like to read, but the one thing, I never let what a book somebody else wrote supersede what it is God's word says. The book is a resource. God's word is the source. So, if I, if I put more faith and confidence and if you can't tell me what the Bible says, but you can tell me what so-and-so said, and this person said this, and that person said this, and this person said that, and I said, okay, what does the Bible say about that? Well, I don't know what the Bible says, but I know what so-and-so says. You have made that book or whatever else you listen to watching your source. God is your source. Yes, he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints to do the work of the ministry to edify the body of Christ. But he never said that your hope, your trust, all your confidence and belief is in that individual. They are resources. I am a resource. I'm a tool. I'm a gift of God to the body of Christ to be able to mature the people to do the things of God. But I will tell you, if, if it came down to listening to me or going back and reading the word, I would always tell, I'm always going to point you back to the Bible. Any, anytime you're watching somebody on TV, anytime you decide you're going to listen to a podcast, if they don't point you back to the Bible or if 99% if of what they're saying doesn't line up with what the word says in its proper context, you are no, under no obligation to follow it. But if they can show it to you in the word in its proper context and you can see a stream of it throughout the word, then you on the hook. Then you on the hook. Glory to God. Somebody is pulling on me this morning. Glory to God. All right. Let us make our declaration. We're going to pray and then we're going to jump into what it is the Father has wants me to share with you today. Glory to God. Are you with me? I know. Can I get one good amen out there? Thank you, Sister June. I know you're going to you my amen corner. Glory to God. All right. Here we go. The spirit of, and according to Isaiah 61. I know. I know. I know. This is messing with your theology. This is messing with what it is that you believe to be true. But go back and read the Bible for yourself and you will find out. You're going to find out. Go back. I, I, I double dog, triple dog there. You go back and study the ministry of Jesus this week through the Gospels and saw, see what he does. He spent time in prayer. He got the word. He got instruction. He went to do it. And he, and he only said what the father said to say. He only did what the father told him to do. Do we bind and loose? Absolutely, we bind and loose. But guess what? If you look at the ministry of Jesus, when Jesus spoke the word, what do you think it did? It either loosed the situation to do this or it bound it from doing this. Check it out for yourself. 
The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. To give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build up the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Do you know what a covenant is? A covenant is, is an agreement with two or more parties, which means one party has a part of it, the other part has a part, of, a part in it as well. It's never God by himself. Start from the book of Genesis and read through. God always made covenant with man. And God did had already done his part. But man had to do his part in order to see the results that God had already promised him. It's never just on God. And it's going across, it's going across the internet and across all types. That is, God is in control. That is that is God is sovereign. That is correct. But God is not in, is not the one who's in control because he says in Psalms that he the, God created the heavens and the earth. He gave the earth to man and he gave man a lease on that earth so that and he gave man. Not only did he give man a lease, but he also gave him dominion and authority to rule and to reign as kings and priests on the earth. So whatever's happening in earth right now is because Man, either they're, they're, they are or they are not using their authority. And that's why he has the body of Christ is, is, the, is, the, is, is what God is using to make his expression in the earth. He's not going to get off the throne to come and solve your problem. He's already placed it in somebody in the earth to be able to help you to solve that problem. Our problem, the issue is, is are we in position to hear and to go and do what it is he told us to do? Or are we too distracted by this and that and we're running to and fro and we're getting tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine? That's that's what the issue is. So, Father, we thank God and praise you in the name of Jesus for this opportunity in your word. Father, we thank you that our preaching teaching would not be with enticing words of man's wisdom. Father, let it be in demonstration of spirit and power. Father, we thank you for the word that you've already shared with us this morning. We thank you, Father God, that who you love, you correct and we know that you love us. We receive correction as your children, Father God. We're not rebelling against it. And we thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. You want to know, this? somebody just asked the question, why are you going through all this this morning? Why do we need to hear this this morning? I'm so glad you asked because the word, the word he gave me to give you concerning what's going on right now lines directly up with it and the way that you're going to either going to be successful through this time or are you going to get lumped up from one side of your head to the next side of your head is based off of what it is that we're going to talk about we've been already talking about he gave yes sir he says i gave you the answer before i explained to you what the problem was so if you didn't write down those addresses here are the addresses to the word of the lord he gave you started this morning zachariah chapter 4 verse 6 John chapter 8 verses 31 through 32, John 17, 17, uh, and Isaiah 55, 8 through 11. So if you, you want to write those down, you want to go home and study those because you're going to need to know that in this upcoming season.
So if I was to give this message a title today, the title of this message would, would be Don't Take the Bait. Don't Take the Bait. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8. Well, first, before I get in there, if you look around what's going on in the world right now, it looks like it's all out chaos. As it, I mean, you know, you, you have with the coronavirus situation that's going on, you have social justice situations going on, you have political situations going on, you got this person complaining about this person, and all these things is going on. And he says it all comes down to one word. Offense. He says, don't take the bait of offense. Don't take the bait of offense. And I'm going to tell you why you don't want to take the bait of offense. I mean, everybody's offended. You go on Facebook, this person's offended. You say this, this person's offended. Everybody's offended. You wear the wrong colors, they're offended. You say the wrong thing, they're offended. You walk the wrong way, they say offended. You say you believe you, you believe a certain thing, they, people get offended. Why? Because offense is the doorway to all kind of chaos and confusion. Offense is the doorway to all kind of chaos and confusion. And, and I'm going to show you through the word today why it's so prevalent today that you make the Bible the final authority in your life. You can't trust the news. You can't see what, trust what you see on, 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 um, on Facebook and Instagram and uh, Twitter and what else is that? Uh, LinkedIn, uh, heck, YouTube. If you spent enough time on YouTube, you could drive yourself literally crazy because everybody has an opinion about everything. But if their opinion doesn't line up with the word of God, it's not the it's not the absolute truth. People say there's no absolute truth. You know why people say there's no absolute truth? Because when they realize that the word of God is the truth and they've made a decision, they don't want to surrender their lives to that. Man, psh, I'm just going to kick it to the curb. I ain't got to listen to that. As if, there, as if you saying the word of God is not true makes it any less true. The Bible is true regardless of whether you believe it or not. It's true whether you agree with it or not. I mean, there's stuff in the Bible. I wish it wasn't in the Bible, but it's in there anyway. Kind of like, you know, when somebody trespassed against you, you're supposed to forgive them and not lay hands on them suddenly around their head and neck area suddenly. Yeah, I like to take that part out, but it's in there. So when I want to lay hands on them suddenly around their head and neck area, the Bible says I'm supposed to pray for them. So now I'm at a decision point. I'm either going to obey what the word says or I'm going to follow my own instinct. I choose to follow the word. God told me to share this with you this morning. He says, and according to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse uh, number 6, he says, stay alert. I'm reading out a New Living Translation. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, talking about the devil. He pr he's prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. It says he's prowling around like a lion. Didn't say he was a lion. It says he's, he's walking around through the earth prowling like a lion looking for someone who he may devour you know you can be non-devourable if you're standing in, I mean, i'm show you how to stay non-devourable doesn't mean he's not going to try to come up against you but just because he tries to come up against you doesn't mean he's going to win what does the word tell you to do stand firm against him and be strong in your 
faith. That's why we have a class every Thursday night, the ABCs of faith, to teach people how to develop what faith is, how to develop it, how to exercise their faith. Why? Because everything in the kingdom of God, including binding and loosening and taking authority, is all by faith. But if you're, but you can't talk. This is what he said. Okay, okay. Don't get ahead of myself. You can't pray faith and talk fear. You can't say I'm walking in faith, I'm, I'm living by faith, and the words that come out of your mouth don't line up with what it is you just pray for. You just you just uh, cancel the harvest on everything that you're believing for because your words did not line up with it. So what is the first thing God told us to do? Stay alert. Watch out for your greatest adversary, your uh, great enemy, the devil. Why? Because he, like a proud lion, is walking around looking for whom he may devour. What is our instruction? Call God. Lord, get the devil. There's no scripture in the Bible that tells you in the New Testament that says God is going to do anything about the devil if you don't if you don't do anything about the devil. Nothing. It, it, you pray. Look, check it out the new the the um the New Testament to see if there's anything in there that says that God is going to do something about the devil. Why? Because he's already given you authority. He's already defeated. And in fact, he's in order for you to have a conversation with him, you got to lift up your foot in order to talk to him. He already knows that he's defeated. The whole thing he's banking on is the fact that you don't know. How do you know that? Because the next thing he says is stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. James chapter four is this says surrender to God, resist the devil. And what will happen? The devil will flee. Did y'all hear that? Surrender your life. Surrender to God. Submit to God. Resist the devil. How? By the word of God. By speaking the word of God against him. And what will happen? He will flee and start terror. It's the, it says in Amplified, he's going to run away and start terror. Why? Because he knows because you have, Jesus has already got the victory. You're inside of Jesus. So when he sees you, he sees Jesus. And when you speak the word of God that God gave you to say concerning that situation, it's just like he's hearing Jesus say it to him. And what is he going to do? He's going to take off running. Yeah, I know, right? Why is it important to stay? Uh, what is one of the greatest tricks that the adversary uses to get people uh, to to get uh, be defeated? I just told you offense. Offense. Why? Because according to James chapter three, it says this. It says that for where jealousy. He says for where jealousy. And selfish ambition exists and contentions. And arguments, he says, envies and strifes, he says, there is confusion or there is disorder in every evil thing. So if you're seeing in the world today, you have seen it at an all-time high where there is confusion, there's disorder, there's restlessness, there's all kind of thing, and everything evil thing is going on. Why? Because there's envy and strife, and there's jealousies, and there's self ambitions, and there's contentions with one another. I mean, at a, I mean, people. I'm talking about not just in the world. I'm talking about even people in the body of Christ fighting against one another because I I say I support Democrats and I say I rep support the, uh, Republicans. I'm an independent or whatever the case may be. Uh, or in here in Canada, I'm a liberal. I'm a I'm an NDP. I'm a conservative. I'm a progressive. I mean, at the end of the day, 
They are only tools. Your faith should never be in a man. Why? Because man's going to let you down every single time. Why? Because he's still a man or woman. He's still flesh. The Democrats can't fix it. The Republicans can't fix it. The liberals can't fix it. The NDP can't fix it. The conservatives, the progressive conservatives can't fix it. God, they can be used to help carry out God's plan, but at the end of the day, if your hope and your confidence and trust is based on who's sitting in that office, you are already setting yourself up for failure because that person, without your prayers, don't have a chance. If they don't have uh, counsel around them that will give them what the word of God has to say about the situation and lead, try to guide them in the way that they should go concerning this, that issue or that topic, guess what's going to happen? All out chaos. I can tell you because I, I, I'm, you know, I'm originally from the States, but now we're in Canada. I've seen both sides. I've seen crazy in the States. I've seen crazy in Canada. At the end of the day, why is it why why does it not make a difference? Because you're still dealing with people. Do you pray for godly leadership? Absolutely. But if your candidate doesn't get in, what are you supposed to do? According to the word. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 4 says, Pray. Supplication, prayers, intercession, give thanks unto all men, to kings and those who are in authority. What are you supposed to do? Pray for him. It didn't say you had to like him. But you know what it didn't tell you to do? It never said to murmur and complain against them. Because we honor the office. Even if we don't like the person. Did y'all hear that? But what do you hear more now than you ever heard before? People murmuring and complaining. Can I give you a, qu a quick little thing to remember? If you complain... The situation remains. But when you praise, the situation will be raised. You are the deciding factor. So if you're going to complain about the situation, the situation is always going to remain the same. Why? I'm going to help you think. I'm going to help you this morning. If you're complaining, how are you complaining? With your words. You was created in the image and likeness of God. So you are a creative spirit. Your words have power. The In Proverbs, I believe it's in chapter 18, says... He says the, uh, the, the power of life and death, death and life is in the power of your tongue. So death and life is in the power of your tongue. I got a message I haven't preached yet, but it, it says if you say so, and how? How did God create his world? Through his words. How do you create your world? Through your words. If you don't like what you see in your world, change your words. That one's for free. Glory to God. So offense for where there's envy and strife and jealousies and contentious and selfish ambitions. The Bible says there's going to be confusion, disorder and every evil work. How does the how does the adversary get access to you through your words? What does he do? He sends you a thought. He sends you a thought that doesn't line up with the word. And as soon as he sends you that thought that doesn't line up with the word and you accept it and you begin to think about it, meditate on it, and you start responding based off of what it is he said. And which is going to go always go contrary to what the word of God says and you begin to carry out. Guess what you're going to get? You're going to get his result the same way when Jesus will go to prayer, the same way when you go to prayer, get God's word, you act it out and you're going to get God's results. Why is it important not to take the bait of offense? Matthew chapter 12 says this, 
verse 25 says, And knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, reading out a new, a new American uh, standard, Any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. And any city or house or province is div uh, divided against itself will not stand. It didn't say it, it, it might not stand. Jesus is saying, if you are divided against yourself, if you're divided in your house, if you're divided, particularly with married couples, if you're divided against one another, if you're divided within your church, on your job, whatever the case may be, if you are divided and there's envy and there's strife and there's confusion, there's only a matter of time and that whole situation is going to come tumbling down. See, you think it's about, you you know, the we just had this happen recently here in, in, in Canada where someone sent out a report. It was a, it was a public health official sent out this report. And when she sent out the report, she fabricated, she lied about the numbers. And what did it do? It struck fear in the heart of people. When people saw those numbers and she said what she said, People became afraid. When they became afraid, fear to the to Satan is the same as faith to God. When fear entered in, then it released him to go out, go about doing what it is he was supposed to do, or he 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 decided he wants to do is to what to steal, to kill, and destroy you. So when she released that report, and fear went out, she she released it because she had an agenda. Her agenda was she wanted bars to be shut down, she wanted this to be shut down, she wanted that to be shut down. Now she had no medical proof to say that why, why what she was asking for had to happen that way, but she, you, she manipulated the numbers to try to get her, the end result. When people, when we're talking about the coronavirus and it is unfortunate that people are dying, it's not God's will that people are to die like this, but you have an adversary in the earth, again, who's like a prowling lion, who's going about seeking whom he may devour and seeking who he may destroy. When she sent out that report and it struck fear in the hearts of people and people fact-checked her, fact, F-A-C-T, not fact-checked her, fact-checked her and it was found out that she lied about the numbers, she still tried to cover it up. She said, oh, well, those numbers were to try to balance out. The numbers that she fabricated were actually back from March to July. But it's already out there. What do you think that did? Her credibility is shot. So anything that she says going forward is shot, but the word that went across, it still did what it was supposed to do, create fear in the hearts of the people. Coronavirus has been going on, social justice has been going on, but see this is the thing, it's no longer, if you go back and fact check about Black Lives Matter, Black Lives this in itself matters. The group is what people have issue with because the group, if you go back and fact check them, it's not about black my it's not about simply black lives. It's all inclusive of a whole lot of other things that's involved in it. Don't have time to get into that right now, but I'm telling you, just because the news said it doesn't make make it true. Why? Because every news station has its own agenda. I know, right? Can you believe that? It has its own agenda. And most of the time, it has nothing to do with you. If you went back and fact check what it is they actually said, you will find out more likely than not is not true. 
Man, somebody's got me going everywhere. Okay. Jesus said, so what, all those things, social justice, coronavirus, then you got politics. They, they made the coronavirus situation a political move. It's no longer about the people who are, who are sick. It's no longer about the people who are dying. It's about a political. This party didn't do this, and this party didn't do this. And what's happening? You got kingdoms and nations and people and organizations fighting against one another. And you're looking at the wrong person. Because you're looking at Donald, President Donald Trump. You're looking at Joe Biden. We're looking at, you know, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau or whoever it is who, who's up there, right? We're looking at those. If you're looking at simply the person, you're looking at the wrong person. Like the person who gave that report. I didn't look at her. You know what I realized? She's a puppet. There's a puppeteer. His name is AKA Satan who's pulling the strings behind her. To, to propagate a lie to get people into fear so he can get people to be social. And that's the craziest word. Social distancing. How are you going to be social if you're distant? How about you say stay a safe distance away from one another? Makes sense. So a house or kingdom about it against itself can't stand. So if I want to avoid taking the bait of offense. What do I have to do? I'm glad you asked that, Doug. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 verse through 12 tells us where to start. It says, "To put on the whole armor of God, the full armor of God, why? So that you will be able to stand firm, remember again, standing firm against the schemes, the tricks, the methods of the adversary." What? For we wrestle not our strength a uh, struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not our fight is not with people. People may do crazy things, but usually there's a puppeteer or crazy thinking that's caused them to do it in the first place. We our battle's not against people, but against uh, principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. So when people are doing crazy things. Always realize there is a source behind that. It may be that they're yielded to God, or they are yielded to the adversary, or they have some crazy thinking based off of wrong patterns of thinking or strongholds that are built up in their mind. So the first thing we're supposed to do as believers is to put on the whole armor of God so that we're able to resist or stand against whatever it is the devil's trying to do. Why? Because our fight is not with flesh and blood. Our fight is, or it's not even a fight. We wrestle. We want to know why it's not a fight? Because the fight has already been won. Jesus won the fight already a long time ago. We're wrestling to try to, to maintain our maintain what has already been made available to us because the adversary is always trying to steal your healing, steal your joy, steal your peace, steal your family. He doesn't care anything about your family, your house, your job, your car, your money. He don't care anything about that. You know what he's really trying to get? He's trying to get it to the point where you have no faith, no hope, no trust and confidence in God. Or his word. I prayed God's word and I didn't see the end result. So God's word don't work. No, you pray the word and you didn't allow the word to do what it was supposed to do. How do you know that? Because an another way that we are able to avoid taking the, uh, the bait of offense is 
whenever we stand praying, and according to Mark chapter 25, whenever we stand praying, I'm going to use that swear word. I'm going to use the swear word. It's the F word, the swear word. Y'all ready? When we stand praying, what are we supposed to do? Forgive. Ooh, that was hard on somebody's flesh. Forgive when? If you have anything against anyone. That includes politicians. That includes that, that public health official. That includes your neighbor. That includes your mama. That includes your daddy. That, means, that includes your brother who still owes you $25. It includes whoever. It includes that neighbor who cut you off when they seen you driving down the street. They cut in front of you. They seen that, that you wanted that parking spot. He says, when you ever you stand praying, you are to forgive. You know what that is? That's not a suggestion. That's a command. If you have anything, 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 no matter how small it might be, anything. And I'm going to tell you why you want to deal with it when it's small. Because if you let it, if you just let it fester down there and you let it build up, that's, ooh, that's good, Lord. Do you know when a, a person gets divorced and it seems like it automatically just happened? It didn't just automatically happen. What happened is, is every time there was a little issue that wasn't uh, forgiven or wasn't, you know, uh, discussed and resolved, it, put, it built a brick. And what happened is over time it started each brick, because it wasn't resolved, started building a wall of separation. So then this person does something that seems minute and small, and this person blows up. I'm just done with that one. I'm out of here. Boom. And they're leaving. And you look at them like, oh, the fact he didn't wash the clothes. Oh, the fact she didn't put gas in the car. Had nothing to do with it. They wasn't exercising this. They were not forgiving if they had anything against anyone. Why do you want to do this? Be so that your father who is in heaven also may forgive you of your transgressions. Have any of you, I know I have, have any of you ever transgressed against God? Have any of you ever sinned against an individual? Have any of you ever transgressed against somebody? Ever did anything wrong against somebody? Said something that you probably shouldn't have said? So God is saying this. Jesus is the one saying this with the, to the disciples. He says, when you stand praying, you are to forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father, which is in heaven, may forgive you. Did grace make forgiveness available? Absolutely. And you, ha you have to partake of, 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 of what it is. Grace is also made available to you. But you, by grace, through faith, do you receive what it is? Do you receive the salvation, the healing, the deliverance, the wholeness, the completion? But if you're walking, I'm going to get to that in just a second. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father who is in heaven forgive you your transgressions. Why is that? This is Jesus still talk. Uh, this is a kingdom of God principle. Sow and reaping. Jesus, God says, say this. You can't pray in faith and live in unforgiveness and expect to see the end results of your prayers. Because faith works by love your adversary knows you don't uh he knows that bitterness resentment unforgiveness strife and contentions will short circuit your love which will result in you not getting it will result in you getting into frustration because you're not seeing the end result of your prayers so he will always try to keep you at odds with each with one another 
no matter how petty it may be. Jesus said this. He says, this is my commandment that you love others just like I've loved you. If you Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandment. What's the commandment? To love others just like he has loved you. He says it again. He says it three times in the book of John chapter 15. He says, this, it, this I command you that you love one another. Does that sound like a suggestion? A command that you love one another. That means that person that you didn't vote for, who you don't agree with anything that they say or do, guess what? You're still supposed to love them just like God loved you. You're supposed to forgive them. You're supposed to release them. Why? Because you give to others what it is you're believing God to, to give to you. How do you, you say, well, that's Old Testament. Oh, let me give you a better one. Galatians chapter 6 says this. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. Luke 6 talks about it this way. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. Uh, condemn, you shall be condemned. Judge and you shall be judged. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give it to your bosom. The same measure which you've given forgiveness, condemnation, Forgiveness, all those things is the same measure it's going to come back to you. It's a biblical principle. It's a kingdom of God principle. So God is telling us, don't take the bait. Last scripture. You says, but man, I don't like, I don't like them. I love God, but I, I hate that joke. I don't like him at all. I'm glad you said that because this is what the Bible says concerning that. Remember, the word of God is the final authority. 1 John 4, 19-21 says this, and this is where we're going to close. We love because he first loved us. In other words, we love God because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, this is what the Bible said. The Bible said, you're a liar. And pause and think about that. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him that we love one that the one who loves God should love his brother also. Stop, pause and think about that for a second. The one who loves God should love his brother also. But if you say you love God, but you hate your brother, the Bible says, the word of God says, you are a lie. In other words, you're lying. It's, it's impossible. You can't say you love God and hate your brother. Because God says, if you love me, you'll love others just like I have loved you. So how are you going to stay in offense? How are you going to take the bait of offense? I'm not going to tell you that you're not going to have opportunities to get offended. You will. Heck, I did. Heck, I had an opportunity to get offended Friday. I was so, somebody did something. I was hotter than, uh, what do you say, Louisiana Tabasco salt. I was hot. But I had to pull, I had to pull it because I had to remember this thing. If I say I love God, I got to love my brother also. You know what I had to do? When I, I went back and talked to this individual, you know how I talked to him? From the position of love. Why? Because I have the Holy Spirit on the inside of me that when I say I made a decision to love, that love was shed abroad in my heart by Holy Spirit. 
Did I say it's always easy? Absolutely not. If I would have been closer to them, would I want to lay hands on them slowly around the head and neck area? Absolutely. Why didn't I? Because if I say I love God, I got to love my brother too. If I say I love God, I'm not going to give in to the offense, even though I think I'm right and I'm justified. You know what that's called? When you think you're right and you justify and you have a right to carry out like that, you're in pride. That's why I said it to you. You're in pride. Heck, I was in pride for about five seconds because I wanted to lay hands on them. I was hot because what they did was not right. You could get hot. Absolutely. The Bible says angry. He just said don't sin when you get angry. What does it mean when you get angry? If you get angry and not sin, you don't start saying, murmuring and complaining about that individual or that situation or circumstance. What do you say? You speak the word of God about that situation only. When that woman did what she did, you know what we said? <laughs> that ne no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Every tongue rose against us in judgment. We condemn. The truth will come out and the truth will make us free. And it came out. And you know how it came out? Through a secular source. Exposed it. Don't take the bait of offense. The adversary knows that if he can get you into contentions and strifes with one another, that's why I don't even I don't argue with people about you know about what the Bible says. I just I just well, like Jesus did. Jesus just told him, I let you make a decision whether or not you're gonna believe it or not. I let you make it a decision whether or not you're gonna obey it or not. Because my responsibility as a pastor apostle is to teach you what the word of God says. Is your responsibility to make a decision to do it. If you never did it, when I stand before God and give an account, he's going to ask, did you do what I told you to do? Father, I preached your word. And you want to know how I know? Because I asked him. He says, it is not your response. You cannot make a person do anything. Like people, members of the church, if we tell you this is what it is, you know, the word of God has to say about this situation. And this is what the word of the Lord tells you to do concerning this matter. You still have a choice whether or not you're going to do it or not. And if you do it, praise you will get God's results. If you don't do it, guess what? You're going to get a result, but it's not going to get the result that you were looking for. But you can't come back to God and say, God, I thought you told me I had a, this, this pastor was supposed to teach me, blah, blah, blah. And he's going to tell you, he did tell you, but you had leaned to your own understanding because you believed that you knew better. Are there people who may know better, know things better? More things to me? Absolutely. I have a pastor. I get instruction from him too. But at the end of the day, the word of God is the final authority. Don't take the bait of offense. Don't take the bait of offense. Don't allow yourself to be used by the adversary to be a weapon against somebody else through your words, through your actions. If you're going to be used by somebody, be used by God. Make Jesus the Lord of your life today. If you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I mean, you might have went to church a few times. I'm not talking about adding your name to a church role. I'm talking about showing up, making Jesus the Lord of your life, saying, Jesus, you have the final say in my life. I'd like to invite you to do that with me today. He's told you, man, if you look around at everything that's going on in the world today, that there is all out chaos. He says, but there's one way to, to know for sure that even in the midst of the situation, you have victory, that you will be supplied, that you are taken care of, and you're well able to overcome it. He says the way to do it is by 
accepting me as your personal Lord and Savior. He says it's the easiest thing you could do. He says as simple as this in accordance to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10. He says, the word of God is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. It's the word of faith which we've been preaching. That if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And if you will believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you confess with your mouth that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. But with the heart, man can believe in the righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto healing, unto deliverance, unto wholeness, unto completeness, unto sanctification. So when you make, if you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life today, or if you say you've made Jesus Savior, but you know he has not been Lord. He, you know he's still been, you've been on the throne of your life. You know you're the one making all the decisions in your life, and you let Jesus in when you want him. You know, you know how it is. You know, <laughs> I used to do it before I, I truly understood about this. I would call on God when I needed him. But if I think I, I could handle it, I did it on my own. You know what I was operating in? Pride. Because I was saying, I'm Lord over my life. When you come up with your own plan to do your own thing, what you're telling God is, I'm Lord, you are not. Jesus said, I'd like to make the great exchange with you today. I'll take your mess and I'll give you a masterpiece. I'll take your temptation, I'll take your trials and I'll give you victory. I'll take your sickness and I'll give you healing. I'll take your, your spiritual death and I'll give you eternal life. He wants to make the exchange. Make the exchange with him today. And simply repeat his prayer right after me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. I believe he was put in the grave. But now he's risen. He's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I repent of sins. I'm sorry, Lord. And I ask you for your, I accept your offer of forgiveness. I believe right now I'm born again. Fill me with your Holy Spirit with the Bible evidence of speaking in tongues. I thank you that I have it now in Jesus name. Amen and glory to God. Well, praise God. If you prayed that prayer and you prayed it from your heart, I'd like to welcome you to the family of God. Welcome you into the kingdom of God. Welcome you into right relationship with Almighty God. But this is the starting point. Just like when a mother has a child, this is only the starting point. You're going to have to grow up in the things of God. You're going to have to be nurtured by the things of God. How do you do that? Get in a good Bible-based church that teaches you about the death, burial, resurrection of God, of Jesus Christ, teaches you about the blood of Jesus, and also teaches you how to hear the word, receive the word, and apply that word to your everyday life. And Faithful Life is a great place to do that. In fact, next week we will be live uh, back in our regular facility, glory be to God, on a weekly basis. So next week at 9.30 we'll be back. At, at our on-site location and we'll still be streaming it so you can still catch it if you're not local uh, you know praise God this this broadcast is seen across uh, all throughout Canada United States and other parts of the world so we give God all the glory on and praise for that in the name of Jesus so you want to get in a, in a Bible-based church so you can hear the word, sit under the word, grow up in the things of God, and help, allow them to help you to learn how to study your Bible to show yourself approved 
a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing and applying that word to your life. Um, glory to God. So, of course, on Thursday night at seven at six p.m., uh, uh, you can click on the website at faithfullifecenter.com and look for the link for the ABCs of Faith. We start promptly at six. Is our interactive Bible study, and we've been teaching about how to develop your faith. We actually had a great session uh, this past week. And it, it gives you an opportunity to learn, but also you could ask questions while we're going through so you can walk away knowing how to apply it to your everyday life. Of course, we'll be back next week at 930 uh, for the service. And man, we give God the glory, honor and praise. Now, this is another part of our service where we worship God with our giving. So if you like to give and you, and you want to give online, there is a, a link that says give. On there, just click on that link. It takes you right to uh, the tithing and offering website, and it, and it give you instructions exactly on what it is to do. Or, or you can do it by e-transfer at info at faithfullifecenter.com, faithfullifeottawa.com. Uh, you can do it that way. You can do it by credit card. You can do it by email. You can do it uh, multiple different ways. Glory to God. Now. Staying in the lane where we was at today, Luke chapter 6 says it this way in verse number 30. It says, Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if you love them which love you, what thank have you? For sinners also uh, love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what things have you? For sinners also even the same. And if you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what hope that what things have you? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive again. But love this is this is what Jesus says. This is all part of the Sermon on the Mount. Love your enemies. Do good and lend hoping for nothing in it again and your reward shall be great and you shall be the children of the highest for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil it, it, all that right there summed up that whole message you don't give uh, you don't give into the take the bait of offense because you already know when you walk in love you're acting just like your heavenly father and when you act like your heavenly father he says that what does your heavenly father he's kind and he he's kind to those who are unthankful and even to those who are who are evil he says be ye merciful as your father is also merciful he says judge not you shall not be judged Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, press down, shake it together, and run it over, shall men give it to your bosom. For the same measure which you meet, it shall be measured to you again. In other words, to what degree you give, it shall be given unto you. That also includes with your resources, provisions, and finances. To what degree that you sow, it, it, it is to what degree it shall be returned back unto you. Malachi chapter 3 says this way. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in, in God's house. Why? And he will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there's not room enough to receive. Who is your trust and confidence to bring your return in? Is it in man or is it in God? My tr trust, hope, and confidence is all in God. 
he is the source. He may use man as a resource. He says, not only will I open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing you don't have room enough to receive. He says, but I will rebuke the devourer that he will not be able to destroy the fruit from your ground. Neither shall your vine cast a seed fruit before his time. Second Corinthians 9 says it this way. He says, I'll make all grace abound towards you that you always have an all sufficiency and all things you may abound to every good work. He says, for I give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. He says, and I will increase the fruits of your righteousness. So when you your job is not your source, your job is a resource. But your job is actually a way for you to go be able to go get seed so you can sow it back into the kingdom of God. So God can multiply your seed that was sown. And, it, and it, why is that? Because that is a kingdom of God principle. If you have not, if you have no need, if you have no seed, it can't meet a need. So you have to have some, you have to have a seed to sow into the ground in order to receive a harvest. So lift your tithes and offerings before the great high priest, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's just begin to worship. Father, we thank God and praise you. We worship you today. We thank you for this opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God through faithful life center. Father, we know a seed meets any need. We thank you, Father God, that you've made all grace abound towards us, that we always have an all sufficiency and all things may abound to every good work. Father, we thank you right now that you've opened up the windows of heaven and poured us out a blessing that we don't have room enough to receive. You have rebuked the devourer for our sake. They will not be able to destroy the fruit from our ground. Satan, we command you, take your hands off our harvest and our money, for we have need of it for the kingdom's sake as well as our own. And ministering angel, we loose you to go forth. Receive our harvest right now. Receive our monies right now. Cause it to come unto us right now in the name of Jesus. We claim our bodies are healed. We claim supernatural debt cancellation we claim our all of our needs are met we have plenty more to put in store all according to his riches and glory by christ jesus we claim that he supply our daily bread our resources that we need and we're amply supplied blessed to be a blessing to all families of the earth have been blessed i decree and declare over you right now the blessing of the lord it makes you rich and has no sorrow with it that god has, has commanded the blessing upon you in your storehouses he's made all that you set your hands to to prosper he's blessed you coming in he's blessed you going out and all day long people go out of their way to bless you and why because the favor of god surrounds you like a shield and the first thing people come into contact with is god's favorite shield we decree and declare it to be so and it is so right now in jesus name Amen. Well, glory to God. Again, my name is Pastor Milton. It's my privilege and honor to be able to be with you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We look forward to seeing you on Thursday at 6 p.m. Tell a neighbor, tell a friend, tell the mailman down the street, let the girl at the grocery store, let the one who's doing your hair right now know, man, there's a there's a ministry and they're teaching the word line upon line, precept upon precept, helping you to be doers of the word and not hearers only, to represent God and to equip you with faith to live a life of faith. My name is Pastor Milton. On behalf of Sister Joanne, we want to tell you that we love you. We thank God for you. And best of all, God loves you most. See you next.